What's up, guys? Welcome to the Pony Stampede Podcast. This is Phil Mayer, back with another episode after SMU's spring game to wrap up sort of what I saw during the spring, what I thought was good from the team, what I think still needs work, and and just sort of where things stand in general. Um, So I'll just be going through and and sort of saying some positives, saying some negatives, and uh, based on doing that, I think you guys can... uh, get a better feel for, for where things are at with the team right now and, and, and what's looking good so far and what, what needs to continue to be worked on as in fall camp before the season starts. So one thing that I think is really going for the team right now is the wide receiver group. And the wide receiver group is obviously headlined by James Prochet and Reggie Robertson, who are two of the best receivers in the AAC. Best duo in the AAC pretty easily going into the season, in my opinion, and maybe even one of the best in the country, certainly one of the best in the group of five conferences. But Reggie and James both had the springs that we thought they'd have. Uh, James is obviously a standout, obviously a stud, nothing really more he needed to prove. Reggie, I think, looked even better in the spring than he did last year. And, you know, last year he was hampered by injuries a little bit. Even when he was on the field, it seemed like every every series he would be limping off after some catch or something and, and missing some snaps here and there, which was obviously frustrating. It looked it looked more it did, we didn't see that as much in the spring. Um, it is practice, but we did see it in practice a little bit in the fall, and and I think that might be the kind of thing where where Reggie realizes he can play through that sort of thing, or or maybe his body's just more recovered from that ankle injury he suffered early, but. Either way, getting a healthy Reggie Robertson, and even if he's not healthy, a guy that can play through some nicks and bruises will be really good. But I think the main improvement came from the spring beyond Prochet and Robertson, and that's with the secondary guys, a guy like a C.J. Sanders, a guy like a Myron Galliard. Both of those guys had really nice springs. Two seniors, guys who should be able to catch the ball when it's thrown at them and maybe make some plays, who've worked hard for their spot in the rotation, which will come to them. And, uh... CJ, the thing about him is that he's really good with the ball in his hands. And that makes sense when you think about the fact that he was a kick returner at Notre Dame. So obviously he's good in space, good, can slip a tackle and get into the open field. But watching some of the stuff he was able to do in in the screen game was was really uh, inspiring for what he can maybe be this coming season. I mean, in the spring game, he had two really, he looked really slippery, slipping a couple of tackles and and getting into open space, getting first down. So I think if, if you get a guy like like Robertson clearing out the top of the defense, that, that gives him a lot more space underneath to for a guy like C.J. Sanders to work. And, and he redshirted last year to keep his last year of eligibility to maintain that. And and I think he really wants wants to make it make it count with SMU. So I, I think he'll be good for the team next year. The other guy, Myron Galliard, a guy who coaches could not keep his his name out of their mouths, um, did really well for himself, made a bunch of catches, looked good, was always beating corners, getting open, stuff like that. And, you know, for Myron, he's a, he's a small guy. He's more naturally suited to play the slot. But I think he realized that it, he's not going to be the first option. And, and wherever he plays, he's going to have to thrive. So they stuck him outside a lot more than they used to this spring and he looked good and and I think he'll be able to sort of back up like a Prochet or a Robertson and, and when they need a breather come out and then maybe in some four wide receiver sets or something play a little bit more but but I think Myron Galliard earned himself some snaps in the spring and then to round out the core from 
obviously they're freshmen coming in, but to run out the core from the guys we saw in the spring, Judah Bell, Tyler Page, both solid springs, uh, nothing amazing. Overshadowed maybe a bit by Galliard and Sanders, but uh, Page, Page will make some plays. He, I think he still drops it a little more than you'd like from, from the kind of player he is where he's not going to be mossing anybody. His, his game is more about just getting open and making catches. But uh, he's he still looks to be a, a solid player, and then and then Judah Bell is just really big and physical, and not the fastest guy, but I think he's getting better at using that big body to get separation, and and he just really wreaks havoc as a blocker when uh, when they throw a screen to his side of the field. So so the diversity of the wide receiver core and and having guys beyond those two guys that can do different things that that's something that really stood out to me as as a positive this spring. And speaking of deep groups, I'll, I'll go for my next positive, the defensive line. Um, last year, I'd say there was a lot more ta- depth than talent, where you didn't really have a guy like a Justin Lawler who could who could get sacks, but just rotating guys in and out, and eventually opposing offensive lines would wear down. And, and that's something you saw in the Tulane game, where SMU would just keep bringing pressure, and eventually Tulane cracked, and SMU was getting a sack like every other play. So... I think that's sort of the kind of thing they're going to want to build where even deep in the fourth quarter, you ha- you toss in a Toby and Duckway for a third down. You put in a Gary Wiley, a Tyson Neals, one of those guys who who has only played half the snaps or something in the game but is still uh, is ready to go at, at the end of the game when the offensive linemen are getting tired. And that's what having the deep defensive line will do. And, and you just look up and down the defensive line unit, and, and there are just solid guys everywhere. Like, I named a few defensive ends. Delonte Scott is going to be a starter. Turner Cox is is going to be pretty good for them. Garrett Choate has played his way into a scholarship and will certainly be in the team's plans. Uh, moving inside, you have guys like Terrence Newman and Harrison Loveless who are ready to make a step up. And and uh, that defensive line is is going to be going to be deep. And I still think the next step is for one of these guys to take a step forward and really break out. I, Delonte Scott is a senior is is one potential pick and then you have another you have some of the younger guys with with impressive athleticism like a Gary Wiley who might be able to do it but defensive line I think should be a pretty good unit with how, with how solid they are depth wise and but but to really take that next step they need they're going to need to have someone who's going to be able to get seven or eight sacks or something and and really maybe draw some double teams or something like that another plus I'd say is is the tight ends and uh, sort of how that groups came out, I I really haven't felt good about tight end in a long time at SMU until now. But Ryan Becker was a starter last year, didn't even play in the spring, and I still feel feel like the tight ends are a bigger part of the offense. You have Kylan Granson, who a lot of people like, is a smaller, faster guy for a tight end, but a guy who the coaches still think can can get nasty with blocking if he needs to do that, and is 230 pounds, which is big enough to block. Um, Hunter Thedford is the real blocker that they're going to have out there, and he's he's a big kid, and he can run better than you'd think. So for him, he's still really raw, having started his career as a defensive end, but having him there as a blocker will be big, I think. And then Ryan Becker will, will play after starting last year, and then Ben Redding I haven't even brought up, and and he's drawn some pretty good reviews and, and made a really nice catch in the spring game, sort of getting open for I think it was Derek Green who'd scrambled out and and. Uh, was able to find him on the move. So SMU has a lot of options suddenly at tight end after a position where it felt like they had they had no one, and now 
now they have a bunch of guys who are going to be needing to get snaps. So I think Josh Martin's done a nice job developing that group and, and Kaz Kazadi putting weight on some of these guys. But yeah, tight end is um, tight end should be solid next year. Um, I'm going to continue with some more spring ball predictions right after this. More Pony Stampede podcast coming. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, guys, welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. We're going to go with some of the negatives now that I saw from the spring and uh, things that I think SMU will still need to get better. And the first one I'm going to start off with is, is the depth in the secondary. And when you're watching these games, that's these games, scrimmages, practices, whatever you may have in the spring, that's one of the things where you're just like, man, like there is not a lot here. And I understand that there were injuries there, especially at the cornerback position. Kevin Johnson, Armani Johnson, Eric Sutton all weren't out there. And then Christian Davis and Terry Keyes missed some time as well. But there's just not a lot of experience there. Robert Hayes is going to start. He he played a fair amount last year. Sam Westfall pl- is one year removed from high school playing at a JUCO. And he's penciled in to be a current starter. So I think Sam had a decent spring. Um, he has room to improve. Uh, he, I actually saw the coaches working with him closely one-on-one a lot, and, and that goes for Kevin Curtis and Kevin Kane, both of them sort of just making sure he knows what's up. And and if he's uh, looking over the wrong shoulder when tracking a ball, sort, sort of that kind of stuff, just technique and stuff like that. Um, Sam's a little thicker than I thought he would be. He has, he has really big legs, which I think should bode well for him for – in terms of purposes for speed and then and then being able to have a strong lower body when making tackles. So for an inexperienced guy, I think that should be good for him. And then he uh, he looked decent in coverage. Like I said, some technique things I, I still think he needs work on. But right now he looks like the best the best bet for, for a starting cornerback. I do still think Sonny Dykes and, and Kevin Kane and those guys will dig around on the transfer market a bit at corner and see if they can get another guy who could be a plug-and-play right there because that would be huge next to Robert Hayes to have have a guy sort of stabilize it. Um, other than that, it's it was really just Justin Guy Robinson uh, as the other, the other corner who's getting a lot of work in the spring. Like I said, Davis and Keyes were out there from time to time, but Guy Robinson played a bit and and played decently well. I, I think he'll uh, he'll get some snaps ne- next year, even with some of those veterans I mentioned that are injured in the spring getting healthy. But I do think Justin Guy Robinson uh, played himself into some snaps when the season comes around. 
But you had Michael Salerno getting what I think was an alarming amount of snaps at cornerback, and <laughs> Michael's a guy that uh, that people like, and and he's a big personality for sure. He he'll taunt a guy after breaking up a pass. He'll he 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 started a fight with Will Brown, and, and Sonny Dyke seems to like that kind of energy, shouting him out as as someone that that played well in the spring, but uh, I don't really know if you want him to be your second team corner, corner, which he was for a lot of the spring. And then safety is really just more of the same. Um, Rodney Clemens, Trevor Denbo seem to be pretty solid as starters, but beyond them, it's not much. It's uh, it's Colin Rock, who's more of a special teams guy at this point, and Roderick Robertson, who is an early enrollee, true freshman. And, and you wonder if, if Donald Clay, a, a talented kid uh, who SMU picked up, they, I think Sonny Dykes said on signing day that he sees him as more the Fox linebacker role that they have Pat Nelson playing and Trevor Denbo played a bit last year. But if, if he he's a highly touted kid, I think he might be able to get his way into the rotation as a true freshman next year. And But, yeah, uh, besides Clemens and Denbo, there's really not too much. Robertson um, got hurt midway through spring. Didn't really see too much from him in the first half that – that uh, showed an overwhelming amount of promise for what he can do next year. Um, so depth there is a little thin. They had uh, Rasun Kazadi and and um, Brent Freeman, two walk-ons, playing a lot there in the spring. So that that depth, at safety and corner is going to be really something to, to keep an eye on and see if, if they can look to add late in the spring and in the summer here before uh, things really get going because I think that is that is where help is really needed because because that those positions are, are super thin and um, and even if you have your starters those are positions where guys are going to get banged up throughout the season you can't expect perfect health in the secondary and guys are going to get tired you need you're going to need to be able to sub in some guys you just can't can't have rotations as thin as they were over the spring. One other negative that I'd say is is I don't really think any of the cornerback quarterbacks really stepped up this spring. Will Brown looked good early and and got good reviews from Sonny Dykes and I think I think the staff is still confident with what he can do uh, long term. But right now I still think he needs a fair bit more maturation before he's really ready to to get up back on the field for SMU. I really just don't think he can complete enough passes at a consistent enough rate to make him make him your starting quarterback because when you watch him in these scrimmages, he'll, he'll make a nice throw here and there. And and don't get me wrong, he is getting better at, at going through his reads and finding his checkdowns, but there are just times where he'll just completely miss a throw or completely not see a linebacker or safety and just throw an obvious pick. That's just stuff you can't have, and I think SMU fans know that all too well with Ben Hicks. Um Brown has the talent for sure, but is going to need to get more consistent. Austin Upshaw, Derek Green saw a lot of reps from those guys, and and don't really think there's enough there to to really make an impact for SMU. Uh, Terrence Gibson is still such a project at this point, with uh, true freshman coming off the torn ACL, that it's hard to really say too much about him. But but yeah, the quarterbacks. I mean, obviously Shane Bouchelle is going to be coming in, and he's going to be better than any of these guys. Or is supposed to be at least, and and will definitely do all he can to give him a run for his money once Bouchelle comes in in the fall. Will Brown is not the type of kid to just back down and, and let Shane Bouchelle 
just grabbed a snaps for himself. Will is going to claw and fight and, and battle and compete every day in practice because that's the kind of guy he is. But I do think Bouchelle's talent and accuracy and consistency will, will win out at the end of the day. And and sh- this should all be for naught if, if Bouchelle stays healthy the whole year and is, is playing. But I, I wasn't that impressed with what I saw from the quarter quarterbacks this spring. Lastly, another one that's maybe not quite a negative, but just something I notice is that this offensive line is really young. And when you talk to the guys on the offensive line, we've, we've gotten a fair amount of them. There are guys like Jalen Thomas and Alana Lee who are talking about how they need to step in and, and be leaders. And these are guys who were freshmen last year. So when they're saying that kind of thing, that really tells you how young this line is. And there's last year... Uh, they had Chad Persley and Nick Nator. The year before that, they had Evan Brown, and and there's always sort of just uh, some vet, some veterans to stabilize the offensive line when there really isn't this year. You have Hayden Howerton, who's a junior, and and Hayden's a nice player, but he's not an Evan Brown level or even a Chad Persley level of of just rock solid offensive lineman yet. Maybe he'll develop into that next year, and I could actually see that happening, but. Um, him, Alana Lee, Jalen Thomas, those guys, those seem to be the guys that are penciled in right now. Thomas at right tackle, Lee at left guard, and but up for, uh, besides that, it's, there's a lot of spots up for grabs, and and you have Nick Dennis at uh, at at right guard, who who was the first team guard sort of by default. No one was really pushing him there. Um, then at left tackle, you have. You have Kadarius Smith, who shifted outside and, and had himself a pretty nice spring, uh, competing with Bo Morris for snaps. and And I saw Bo get beat a few times. Uh, I think he might have he might have slipped a little bit, but Bo, Bo also I didn't I didn't see him as a great practice player last year. And then he came in and, and kicked butt against Houston and, and UConn. So, so there are just some guys who perform better in game better in games than they do in practices. And Bo might be one of those guys, but. This offensive line's really young, and there are not a lot of sure things on it. So I think that might be another position where where they take a look at the transfer market and see if there's anyone they can bring in there. And and uh, for the incoming class, uh, I don't know if a tie book. Brooks will be ready. Henry Mossberg's coming off that injury. Um, Daniel Sanike is obviously the huge get, but, but we'll see if they, they want to redshirt him first. So... More young guys there, the guys I just named, obviously, as incoming freshmen. And, and there's not a ton of, of, of veterans on that line right now. So that, that's something to look out for, at least. And the one thing I will say is that those guys do have talent. Um, they do A lot of them do have good frames, which should bode well. But as far as just guys you can nail in, is this guy's going to be really good for us next year, it's... It, it's not that much, and and Howerton, Ali, and and Morris should should all be at least solid, but the track record isn't quite there up front for the offensive line. So that's just a group where I could see it going either way. Either the potential plays out and the young guys all blossom and, and it looks really nice, or or it could be another tough season. And it's obviously going to help having AJ Ricker there. That's another thing that I want to stress. Uh, it was tough last year for them not having um, not having Jamal Powell, and it's obviously terrible what happened to Jamal and and us at Pony Stampede are certainly wishing he gets better. and And I think everyone that knows him is he he's a, he seems like a great guy. But having graduate assistants sort of just stepping in at the last minute and coaching your offensive line is not going to make things easy. So having AJ Ricker should help out, but that offensive line is a bit of a question mark right now. So I'm intrigued to see where it goes. 
But um, that's about all I've got. That's that's sort of what I've seen this spring, and, and the spring game was a good accumulation for it all, and I really think overall it, it pretty much reinforced what I saw in the spring. Um, highlights from the game, Trevor Denbo made a nice interception. Um, Reggie Robertson's speed was it's just really so eye-popping when, <laughs> when you're up close, and and I was standing in the end zone, and, and he takes a screen pass and slips a tackle, and he's just running right at me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy is so fast. So that guy is special speed. But uh, that's about it. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, spring practice is over, unfortunately, now, so we won't be able to bring you guys the reports. But stay tuned as as basketball is big recruiting stuff coming up with uh, – some timelines coming up for, for Taz Sherman and, um, and Darius McNeil should be deciding soon. And then we'll see where it goes with Admin Gilder and Jalen Harris. But there's a lot, of, a lot of guys on the table right now for basketball and uh, maybe even some attrition coming. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to Pony Stampede for that. And, and we'll continue to, to do some stuff on the football team, even though spring practice has ended. Uh, some more... Some more stuff that we think you guys will like. But uh, that's the Pony Stampede podcast for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in.